designed the church to be a place of all uh, different uh, ages and, and generations, all different backgrounds, all different colors and ethnic backgrounds, all designed by you to come together in, with all of these differences and yet faithfully worship one God, declare one gospel, and to do so uh, in unity together. We thank you for the opportunity that you've given to all of us to uh, impact children. And even if we don't have children of our own, that doesn't mean that you haven't given us opportunity to impact children. There are so many different ways we can do that. And we thank you for the opportunities you have given to us. And now, Lord, as we look into your word, I pray that you would guide and direct. Your spirit would move and work. We would have ears to hear what it is you would have to say to us in Jesus' name, amen. So don't answer this question out loud, but if I asked you to sum up in one word what it means to biblically parent your children, what word would you choose? One word to just say, this is an example of biblically parenting uh, your child what word would you choose? And then I want to step back and say now, if I ask that question, that same question to our society today at large, not in the church, minus that biblical part, because that wouldn't make sense for them, I may get different answers. I may get very different answers as to how, how from, from a, you know, the words that they would choose. But I think, I think that I could categorize the majority of them under one word, based on what I see happening in our world and our society. And that word would be protect. Protect. You see, in my, in my opinion, it seems to me that, that most American parents today parent with one overarching objective, protect my children, protection. Now, what they protect them from varies greatly. It varies greatly depend, depending on your worldview, depending on your beliefs, depending on your priorities, depending on your goals in life. There are some who would believe we need to protect our children from the biblical gospel because of, of a belief system. And so it varies. It, it, it varies depending on what your worldview, your beliefs, your priorities are, your goals in life. Now, certainly it is important. You heard from our leaders today how important the safety Anything else? Oh, I'm back. Okay. You've, you've heard even from our leaders just how the, the, the different ways that we as a church are embracing safety. So that, that is certainly important. But the question really is, should protection be the highest priority? And I don't think that it should be. I'd like to offer another word for you to consider as the highest priority, one that I believe coincides with the biblical principle that we're going to learn about today, and that word is prepare. Biblically speaking, it seems to me that the highest priority of the Christian parent is not in fact protection, it is preparation. 
And, and here's what's so interesting uh, about that when you start to look at it. Many times those two are in conflict with one another. For example, sometimes as parents, we need to actually lower the level of protection and need to raise the level of preparation. And it seems that as we raise the level of preparation, by default, we're lowering the levels of protection. For example, if I ask you this, is it our job, is it your biblical responsibility as a parent, is God holding you responsible to make sure that your kids never get hurt, never feel pain, and never face adversity? And the answer to that is no. But it is our job as parents before God to prepare them to handle pain and adversity and to deal with all that life is most certainly going to bring to them. And I believe it is, again, to prepare them, to prepare them. And, and to do that, we must really follow the principle of Proverbs 22.6. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, before I explain that verse in depth, I want to do a little exposition here on this text, but I need to explain first what a proverb is in the Bible so that you don't, from a genre standpoint, misunderstand proverbs as opposed to an exhortation you would read in the epistles. In the Bible, a proverb is a literary device whereby a general truth is brought to bear on a specific situation. So it's a general truth and it's being brought to bear on a very specific situation, usually described in the proverb. Now, let me explain further. Proverbs in the Bible are not absolute guarantees. They're, they're, they're generally true. They express truths that have circumstantial conditions, and those conditions must be met. And, and so that's, that's one of the things that we need to, th this, is, this is part of our hermeneutic and understanding the Bible correctly, being good uh, interpreters of the Bible. So this tells us when we look at Proverbs 22.6, that generally speaking, generally speaking, if you train up a child in the way that child should go, they will not depart from that way even as they grow older. Again, generally speaking. Now, I want to exposit the verse so we understand it biblically as it's, as it's written. Let's start with the first phrase, train up a child. That word train actually comes from a Hebrew verb. So this is, Proverbs is written in the Hebrew, and that Hebrew verb has also been translated, same Hebrew verb, translated as the English word dedicate in two other places. And so this verse is a call for parents to actively devote and commit themselves to the task of training their children to, to dedicate even. And, and, that, and that's why that, that, that word, Hebrew word, is being used. And by training up, we are preparing them. And what are we preparing them for? We're preparing them for life, right? We're preparing them to live in the way of wisdom. Because that's what Proverbs is about. So what I want to do now is I want to break down even more. What does it mean to train up 
your children. And, I, and I'm going to do that by giving you four uh, descriptions here of, of this training up to help you understand it in more depth as it's written. So first, training is intentional, not passive. So one aspect of training and preparing our children is that we are actively doing this as parents. You're actively doing it. You're not passively doing it. You're not hoping that over the time that your children are in your home that they'll get trained. You're actively involved. Now, let me assure you of something because, again, I can speak to this very, uh, you know, recently. When you drop off your son or your daughter at their dorm for college and you're driving away, or maybe you're dropping them off for their first summer camp and they're gonna be away from you for a week or something like that, your concern as a parent is not going to be, have I protected them from everything possible? Your first thought is going to be, have I prepared them? Are they ready to make decisions on their own? And how have I helped them to be able to make decisions on their own? So when their roommate or their professor begins to question their belief in the Bible, your success as a parent is not going to be determined by how much you protected them from people who question the Bible. Your success is going to be determined by readiness. Are they prepared? And for our kids to be prepared, Christian parents need to be intentional not passive, in the spiritual development of their children. That's something that as parents you're, you're intentional about. You, you're not just thinking about education, but you're thinking about spiritual development. And as a church, I'm here to tell you, we are here to come alongside you. We recognize that. We want to help you. Our kids ministry, you heard a little bit about kids for truth and what we're doing there. That's something that we've intentionally started as a way to really come behind parents and help them train their kids to think biblically. That's what this, that's what this is about. It's a very intentional thing that we're doing. Will it be perfect? No, we're humans, right? It won't be perfect, but we have an intention behind this. And if you want to be a part of helping us do that, I want to invite you to be a part of it. And you don't have to have, you don't have, to have young kids in the home to do that. In fact, many of you have raised kids. You have that experience. We'd love for you to bring that. You've learned things. Maybe God has taught you things Bring that to your church. Don't let it just sit at home. We'd love the opportunity for you and God to use you to be able to do that in the lives of others. So training is intentional, not passive. Second, training shepherds your child's heart. It does not only focus on their behavior or action. When you, when you train up a child, you're not just looking at behavior and action. You're looking at their heart. You, you must realize that as a parent, a Christian parent, raising children in the Lord, you're not just trying to produce right behavior. Children learn. They're good at picking up what you want to see. But if you're not addressing the heart, you're actually creating a bigger problem. Yes, you should correct behavior, but your ultimate goal is to guide and shepherd the heart of your child. 
What is going on in their heart that is producing that behavior? If as a parent you're seeing certain behaviors manifest in your children, don't just correct the behavior, but pray and ask God for help in how to shepherd the heart that is producing that behavior. That's that's intentionality. That's training up. That's parenting with spiritual development in mind. And again, younger children, they will respond to corrective action. And some of you are saying, well, some, some do and some don't do as well, right? Yeah, I get that. But as they grow older, as your children go into the preteen and then the teen years, what you're going to see something if you're not there yet, they, they don't respond nearly as well to the corrective action. Now they need more. You need to be really shifting as a parent to more shepherding of the heart. In other words, it's not just rules and breaking rules and punishment for breaking rules. So again, you start young. Your job is to prepare them. Third, training absolutely requires discipline. Training up a child in the way they should go absolutely requires discipline. Proverbs 22, uh, same chapter we're in, in verse 15, it says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. I can tell you that I heard that verse a lot growing up. (laughs) And I remember wondering how much more folly has to be driven out of me. And I had very loving Christian, godly parents. And I believe this may be the area that is most lacking in our society today. This should not be so among Christian parents. We're not taking, Christian parents do not take their cues from the secular world in this matter. We look to the word of God. Parents, you are responsible before God to discipline your children. And that discipline is never to be done in anger and frustration. And again, as parents, that's hard, right? Because, because we're tired and, and there's a lot going on and, 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 and how sometimes you're like, well, I can't discipline right now because all I'm di- gonna discipline in is anger and frustration. With God's help, though, it is possible. It has to be done with love and with faith. This is what it means to walk by faith. We, we say these things and we think faith actually only applies when we're having a Bible study. And, and it's not. It's, it, it needs to be active in every area of our life. You're, you're, you're doing this whole parenting thing with faith and with trust in what God has said. That, you're, that your job and your role is to prepare and train up your children. And you understand that that training requires you to bring discipline into the home. And so you will do so as you desire to be faithful. And the discipline of the child should match the offense. Sometimes as parents, we can discipline children because they're just frustrating us. Or they're, 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 they're bothering us. And, and it, can be, it cannot match really the offense. Children, shouldn't, children are children. They're going to do things that children do. When a child is just being a child and they, and they break something because they're playing around or they're, they're doing something like that, that should be handled very differently from a child that is, that is defiantly rebelling against you as a parent. 
even if there's nothing being thrown, even if there's nothing being broken, and actually it's pretty quiet, but there's some inner, clear defiance. That is something then that has the, the Christian parent has to address because what they're doing is God has placed them in your home to learn how to submit to you. And as they're learning that, if they don't learn it, then they're not going to be able to learn how to submit to God. So part of this, this, this design that God has is as parents, we're actually helping them learn what it means to submit to God. And parents who are not intentional about discipline in the home are doing a great disservice to their children. It hurts them and to their role as parents and as trainers in the home. Fourth, training requires the child's awareness. It requires the child's awareness. In other words, your children should be aware that you have intention on what you're doing. That, there's, that you, you have intentional training, let them go. Don't just, don't just discipline for the sake of discipline. Let them know why you're addressing what you're addressing with them. Explain it to them so they see. Even if they're younger, they don't understand. You're setting a pattern. Fathers, let me encourage you with your children, especially with your sons, when you, when you take time to explain to them that you have a responsibility before God to help them become men, and that part of what you're doing is to help that happen. So you're very intentional, even, as a, even with a seven-year-old and an eight-year-old that's then going to become a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old, that you, you have goals that, that say, I'm helping you become a man. And so to do that, I'm going to have to say no to things you want. I'm going to have to correct behavior that you don't think should be corrected. You're going to get mad at me. You're going to get upset at me. But I want you to know, I love you, and I'm trying to help you become a man of God. And it's the same with mothers. You do the same with your, with your daughters and, and, then, and then fathers can do it with their daughters and mothers can do it with their sons as well. But, but let them know, moms, let, let, the, let, your, let your daughters know what it means to grow up to be a godly woman, that you have a goal. And that part of what you're doing isn't just to say no, but that you wanna help them become a godly woman, the kind of woman that God wants them to be. Share that vision with them. Let them know. They're not going to understand all of it, but it's part of your role. Let your kids know that you have training in mind. Help them to gain, again, a vision of what you're praying for God to do in them. Now, the second phrase that I didn't touch yet, uh, let's look at that. Uh, train up a child in the way he should go, in the way they should go. That, that phrase is really, a, a, it's an idiomatic way of trying to capture how, what, the, what the Hebrew is saying there because of, the, of just the, the, the literary way that it's written. Trans, translating that literally, it would say something like this, according to the dictates of his way. Better said maybe this way, according to what his way demands. What does that mean? Well, it means that each child is different. And that's not a newsflash for you parents, right? 
right? You know that. If you have, if you have children in the home, you learn that quick, right? Each child has different ways about them, different tendencies, different flaws, different strengths. And parents, we should train each of them according to the way that child requires. How, how brilliant, right? Your training should adjust for the different ways of each child, and they're all different. And, and the beautiful thing about this is Scripture understands that. How about that? God knew that. Right? Like God knew this and built this in to the way that we, so it's not, you don't sit with your kids and, and, and have the list and say, I'm going to apply this exactly the same to each and every one of you. In fact, I didn't really, didn't matter to me too much to be able to say to my kids, it is going to look different. And it should. So don't, you know, you can't be totally exactly the same with each of them because each child is different. And your responsibility for God, before God is not to make sure your kids think you're fair. Your responsibility before God is to train them up in the way they should go. And that depends on who God has created that child to be. So be consistent in your approach to the training and the discipline, but be flexible in applying that approach to each child. Now, in the book of Proverbs, two ways of life are presented. There's the way of the wise and the way of fools. Training, Proverbs 22, is designed to say, keep them from the way of fools. According to the book of Proverbs, children who are not trained up in the way they should go are children who've been left to themselves Look at Proverbs 29, 15. It'll come up here on the screen. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. What does that mean, a child left to themselves? Well, a child left to themselves is a child that is lacking in being trained up. A child left to themselves is a child who's being raised to think that they can do what they want when they want. And a child who grows up this way will become an adult who expects everyone to indulge their every wish, including God. And so if a parent ignores the wayward heart of their child, they'll actually help to train that heart to rebel against God. And that's why it's so important for parents to be involved in the training up. Parents, we're always, we're always training our kids we, we, we're doing it pretty much all the time. Whether we're intentional about it or not, it's happening. We train through our action. We, we train through our passivity. We train through our silence. We train through our lack of discipline, through our discipline. We train. Every child's future. Parents, we need to understand this. When you look at your children, ask God to give you eyes of faith to see that every, that as you look into the eyes of your children, that their future is just filled with possibilities. You don't know what they are, what God has for them. But parents, see in faith the possibilities that God has for your children. And that your role is for God to use you as he desires to help them fulfill what it is God wants to do in them. And then direct your child's heart and life to the Lord through this training as best that you can. This verse, 22.6, is really about potential. It's about helping parents see the future and and that if you adjust the training of your children based on the ways of your children, generally speaking, they will go the way of wisdom and they will go the way of life. 
So what's the blessing? What's the result of this kind of training? Well, it tells us here that when our children grow older, they will not depart from the way of wisdom. So if parents are committed to this spiritual training of their children, generally speaking, children will not depart from this way of wisdom even as they age is what the proverb is saying. Now, let me now give you three encouragements, and I want to do these three encouragements to three different groups of people. Encouragement number one, this is to Christian parents who have adult children not walking in obedience to the Lord. Because a verse like this can feel really hollow for you. Because you could say, well, I've done these things, pastor, and it didn't work, or I didn't see the fruit. I want to encourage you to continue to pray for them in faith. The enemy is going to try to discourage you from doing that. I want to encourage you to continue to pray for them in faith. You know, as parents, you don't ever lose that, that job, right, of, of parents. You have adult children. They're adults, but you're still a parent. You're still their parents. The, it's changed. The, the dynamic has changed, but you're still involved. Pray for them in faith. Continue to train and you say, well, uh, they're not in the home anymore. Right, the training has changed. The, the, the way that that training happens changes. You have opportunities. You have conversations. Uh, there, there are things that happen. Where you have opportunity, use it. There's still time. In other words, God's not done yet, right? So, so trust in that. Believe in that. There's still time. And, and, and third, do not despair over past failures. Because this is what Satan's going to do. Satan wants to point to all of your past failures. And anybody who's parented children has a laundry list of failures. Right? Right? If you've parented children, you, you don't need to be reminded because those things come to you all the time of, of oh, I wish I would have, or, or I wish I would have. And so the enemy is great. He's the accuser. That's what he does. He's great at it. He, he, he says, you know, let me tell you all the things you've done wrong. Instead of looking at yourself and focusing on your past failures, trust in the powerful faithfulness of your God and say, God can overcome anything that I've done and I'm gonna to continue to pray for my child and I'm gonna to continue to stand in the gap and I'm gonna to continue to encourage them in the way that God wants me to. That's encouragement number one. Encouragement number two is to children who had parents who were diligent, though imperfectly. I didn't have to tell you that, right? Kids, like whether you're a teenager or a college student or young adult, you had parents raising you, they were imperfect. But you had parents who were diligent in training you up in the way of wisdom. Remember the way of wisdom that was taught to you. Remember what it is that they, that they laid down for you. Give thanks to God for that. For the parents that did that for you, thank God for it. Even though it was imperfect, thank God for it. And if you're here today by chance and, and you have strayed, and God has this message here for you, come back to your Lord. I want to invite you to come back because you will find mercy, grace, and forgiveness through Jesus. Come back because that's what your parents are praying for. I'm sure of it. Encouragement number three are to parents of young children still living in the home. Young children that are still living in the home, many of you are in that place right now. Your role as parents and trainers is invaluable. 
And I just want to say to you, mothers and fathers, your role, what you do, no matter what society says, is invaluable. It is God's design for how his word and truth is to go forth in the home, the role of the mother, the role of the father, these, these coming together, that, that your role is invaluable to God. Know that. Second, continue to be diligent and intentional about training up your child in the way they should go. Uh, let me just encourage you to continue to be diligent. Don't give up. Be intentional. There will be times you feel like it's not working. There will be times you feel like it's not happening. There will be times you feel like a failure. But I want to encourage you to be faithful. Your goal as parents, please keep reminding yourself, your goal is to be faithful. Don't just look at results and think, and all you're trying to do is work everything on pragmatism. God, am I being faithful? Am I being faithful in the, way I'm, in the way I'm handling this, in the way I'm raising my child and how I'm responding? Am I being faithful? Okay, that's my job, to be faithful to you. You take care of the rest. But if we're trying to produce certain results, we're going to be doing things that necessarily aren't faithful. And then also, parents of young children, please know this. Your church is here to help and support and encourage you as you seek to train your children up in the way that they should go. We're here to help you. I wanted to put up Hebrews 12 as a reminder for us to now focus on who our God is. Hebrews 12, put it up here on the screen, for they, that's a reference back to our earthly fathers, disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he, which is a reference back to our Father in heaven, he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. Being disciplined by God is a way for him to help us share his holiness, to be sanctified. For the moment, parents hear this, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. So let me just stop right there and say that again, if the goal of protection takes too high of a place, you are gonna try to remove painful all the time. And by doing so, you might actually be working against what God is trying to do because God is bringing discipline that seems painful. Why? Because it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been what? Trained by it. And so again, this is why faithfulness is what we're seeking as parents because we can get in the way of what God is doing. So Discipline seems painful, but we can focus on the fact that if this is how our God is treating all of us, in other words, God brings discipline into our lives because he's training us, then we need to recognize that's the same with our children. So when human parents train up a child, we use discipline and instruction, we're only doing what our father does for all of us. And if our father in heaven, if he loves all of us, with perfect love. If we could put up that last, that last slide. If our Father in heaven loves all of us with perfect love and he trains and disciplines us, how can we say we're being loving to our kids if we're not intentionally training them up in the way that they should go? Our Father is the, is the example. That's what Hebrews 12 is saying. This is what he does. May we do the same. And I want to take time to pray for all of you to be, to be doing that because I understand and know that this is a tremendous 
responsibility for all of us. So would you, would you pray with me? Would you join in your hearts with me as I pray and then also as I pray uh, for all of you and the worship team could come up and prepare as we uh, prepare for our last song. Lord God, thank you for the responsibility that you've given to us as parents, but Lord, it is an incredible responsibility. We're asking for help, Lord, to trust in you, to be faithful. Help us as grandparents that are here. Help those of us who have adult children who maybe are not walking in obedience to you. Help us to be faithful in praying for them. I pray for those who are here who don't have a heart and desire for children and have, uh, that has not yet happened for them. May they continue to trust in you, but also may they see that God can still use them in the lives of children and so many others as you desire. Lord, ultimately help us to trust you, to be faithful to you, and help us as a church to come around parents, grandparents, and families to help them be the, the, the disciple makers in the home that you've called them to be. We want to be that kind of church. Thank you for the incredible things you're doing in our kids' ministry. Thank you for those who serve, and thank you for those who you're going to call and continue to bring into the church to continue to serve and to help us do what you've called us to do. We give you the praise and the glory, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.